a woman who decides to quit her job to, quote, spoil her husband, just like she were a 1950s housewife, got a lot of conversation personally between me and other folks out there inside of our social media. But as it was my, one of my most favorite stories this week, it only ranked as number 48 out of 204 stories this week. So obviously, that's not one of the stories we'll be focusing on today. But we'll focus in moments on the top 10 stories that you said were the most conversational that you were talking about throughout the week here on the weekly wrap-up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the show for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. And welcome to the show. As said, I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, the host for the show and the man basically pulling the strings and pressing most of the buttons behind this is the conversation.com and the conversation project. What that is, or are, if you will, is a website and a movement, if you will, that allows all of us around the world to have great conversations with each other in a very unique way via social media. Every 50 minutes or so, we post links to various news stories from various sources from around the internet. Some of them you may love, some of them you may not like so much, but we make sure we diversify the stories and the sources as much as possible. And they can be something that are breaking news, Chiron breaking stories, or sometimes very obscure stories. And what you guys do is just react to them. You respond to them on Facebook at This Is A Conversation or on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. And you respond by liking, loving, hating, sharing, doing whatever you do to engage with the stories. And the higher the engagement and higher the impressions that we get from the stories, higher the scores they get. On Friday mornings, we take all the scores from Facebook and Twitter and put them in a spreadsheet where we do some finagling with some numbers and get a raw score for every single story this week from number one to number 204. From there, we give you the top 10 stories. If there's some sort of conflict, we break ties by going with the newer story first and then by engagement on Facebook. It seems to be more dynamic there. And if that doesn't help, we basically flip a coin. We'll tell you about that in a bit. We do have a tie to talk about, so we'll ha- talk about that in a bit. We also will talk about the story at the very bottom of the list. We call it the almost relevant story of the week. These stories are usually very late posted stories inside of the week going from Friday to Friday. But that is not the actual case this week. This is a story that was posted on Wednesday in the middle of the countdown. And the only context we'll get other than that is the fact that it's number 204 and how far away, how less engaging it was from the number one story. When we tell you that story, we'll let you know all about that. We will also do the stories we call rounding out the top 15, 11 through 15 stories near range, but not quite in range. So you can see what other stories were sort of big, but not quite the biggest ones you said. And we'll do some shout outs to all you folks out there who give us extra love here on Facebook and Twitter and extra, extra love. The first of the month, we give extra love to the folks that shout us out on Patreon, direct patrons. So check out everything there. We're also working to clean up the actual process and speed things up. I know it doesn't sound like we're speeding things up, but we're going to do a lot less of the calls to action towards the end. So if you're looking for various things, we'll drop them in notes here in between, between the stories. But all the things you're looking for, if you missed out on anything or found something that you we didn't bring up, is listed at the website. This is a conversation.com. There's a link for everything you can possibly do with us, for us, to us, including how to contact us, which, by the way, you can directly email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. And it's all there at the website, so find it there just in case you've missed something. And the notes for all of these stories, every story we talk about will be at the website listed for this week's podcast. This, of course, podcast was week ending October the 5th, 2019. 
Now, we get this week's countdown started with the stories you said were the most conversational with the number 10 story. Number 10 and 9 this week are a tie. And as I said earlier, we do our ties pretty simply. If the raw score is tied, we go to the story that is the youngest, the story that got to that number with the least amount of days. And so the younger story we'll talk about next in number nine spot. This one is the bit older. This one took a full week to get to where it did. We posted on Friday, September 27th. So it's been through the whole week's worth of time. The source of this is TechCrunch, And the headline is DoorDash confirms data breach affects 4.9 million customers, workers, and merchants. Let's give you a few lines from the write-up per TechCrunch. DoorDash has confirmed a data breach. The food delivery company said in a blog post Thursday that 4.9 million customers, delivery workers, and merchants had their information stolen by hackers. The breach happened on May 4th, the company said, but added that customers who joined after April 5th, 2018, were not affected by the breach. It's not clear why it took almost five months for DoorDash to detect the breach. DoorDash spokesperson, spokesperson Maddie Magdugwitz blamed the breach on, quote, a third-party server provider, service provider, unquote, but the third party was not named. More quotes. We immediately launched an investigation and outside security experts were engaged to assess what occurred, she said. Users who joined the platform before April 5, 2018 had their name, email, and delivery address, order history, phone numbers, and hashed and salted passwords stolen. The company also said consumers had the last four digits of their payment cards taken, though full numbers and card verification values, CVVs, were not taken. Both delivery workers and merchants had their last four digits and bank accounts stolen, numbers stolen as well. About 100,000 delivery workers also had their driver's license information stolen in the breach. More details deeper into the story, you can, of course, search for it online or just go to our website, thisisaconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast, and you'll see the links for every single story we talk about. And we'll have more of the the insider stuff on why we do it as well throughout the show to explain how things go. But everything's listed at thisisaconversation.com, and you can find this week's show listed as the show ending for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. As we said, the number nine story is a tie, not a virtual tie, a real tie based on the raw score. So it has the exact same positioning as the number 10 story, except it's a little bit higher because it's a little bit younger. We let the story that got to that number with less time be the higher applicant. This one was one when we put it out there, a lot of people were picking up on paying attention to. And this was going to be talked about regardless, but it made it into the top 10 in this spot. Your headline. Former boy meets world star Maitland Ward makes first porn film. And people apparently were all into this one. Ladbible.com is the source for this story. Thursday, October 3rd, the date we posted this. So yeah, pretty late in the contest, but people want to get in on this one. No pun intended. Some lines from Lad Bible and their story on the young actress doing young actress things. Okay. Former Boy Meets World actor Maitland Ward has well and truly left Disney behind as she hops onto the career in porn. The 42-year-old who played Rachel McGuire in the Disney show back in the 1990s says she feels ready to take on her first starring role in an adult movie called Drive. Ward, who also starred in White Chicks and Rules of Engagement, says she's keen to combine quality stuff and the hot sex stuff. Aren't we all, mate? That's from the Lad Bible, folks. They added that we all meet part. Speaking to In Touch Weekly, Ward said, They asked me to be a part of this, and I thought, 
quote, I never knew there was anything in it in adults or porn or whatever that was this well done. That's an inside quote from her. Sorry about the extra quotes. I read the script and I said, and I was like, this is really, really well written. This has so many themes in this and just my character is so different than anything I've ever portrayed before. Okay, we're done with her quotes. Over on her Instagram account, she she shared a number of revealing photos as well as promos for the upcoming flick. So if you follow her on the Instagram, you can see a couple of flicks from the flick. There you go. Uh, if you're really into this, like I said, look it up. Check us out on the website. If you want to discuss how the Disney-esque nature of the people who played in those movies turn very sour. We can go all the way back to Kurt Russell if you want to. Drop me an email via the email machine at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We can discuss any of these topics offline that you want to in detail. Now, for more detail, as we go higher in the countdown, we let you know the, how responsive the stories are to the past one, how they actually rank against each other. This story in the eight spot is a bump in response. That's how much more responsive people were to this one than the Tide story at 9 and 10. 19.84%. That's how many more people were engaged in this one. And this one, people got a hold into, and this one stuck around quite a while as well. Posted on Friday, September 27th, the headline is, Stormy Daniels to receive $450,000 settlement over arrest at Ohio Strip Club. Because we're still on Stormy Daniels, apparently. NBC News is the source for this story. Here are some lines from that write-up as well. Porn star Stormy Daniels settled her lawsuit against the city of Columbus, Ohio, over her arrest last year at a strip club, officials said Friday. Daniels will receive $450,000 and drop all claims made in her federal civil complaint against the city according to her attorney, Chase Mallory, and a spokeswoman for city attorney, Zach Klein. Her lawyer said that Daniels, whose real name is Stephanie Clifford, could have reached a settlement for more than $450,000, but she was satisfied with the changes implemented by the Cumbus Police Department following her arrest. Quote, That's the only reason we agreed to settle this case for what she did, Mallory told NBC News. Her main goal was to make sure people weren't going to be treated like she was going forward. Mallory credited both the Columbus Police Chief, Thomas Quinlan, and the city attorney's office saying, quote, They have really done a great job of addressing the problem here. Settlement still has to be formally approved by the city council at its next meeting October 7th. Um, a few more lines. Just, we're, we're almost done, so I'm going to read it. All parties agreed that the settlement of $450,000 was fair, given the facts and circumstances involved, the client spokeswoman uh, as Meredith Tucker said, police arrested Daniels on July 11, 2018 at the Sirens Gentleman Club on misdemeanor charges of inappropriately touching customers. The charges were quickly dropped. Daniels' lawsuit accused police of staging an arrest in a bed to protect President Donald Trump. Daniels claims she had an affair with Trump more than a decade ago. End of story there, but deeper stories can be found online throughout searching this issue. We all should know the issues between Ms. Daniels Clifford and Mr. Trump, President Trump, uh, and things going back forward that way. And everything that gets sucked into a, a smokescreen to keep the president where he is, my political commentary not, not written here, it becomes a big issue. So anything used to come up, used to be a distraction, Obviously, can be used to be a distraction. Your your mileage may vary on how much of a distraction Stormy Daniels is at this point in time, but this was something that happened. It's settled, and then we'll see when the next time we'll have to bring Stormy Daniels up. She literally is old news, yet she is enough news to keep being brought up.
Let's move on to the story that is listed as number seven. This one is a bit more serious. We posted this one on Sunday, September 29th. It gets a bumper response from the number eight story of 3.97%. Our headline for this story goes like this. Hong Kong police fire tear gas water cannons at protesters only days ahead of China's 70th anniversary celebration. CNN.com is the source for this one, and we're going to um, uh, just paraphrase this one real quick. I'm not going to read directly from this, but like the headline says, days before China was celebrating 70 years of being a communist nation, which, by the way, President Trump congratulated China for doing that for some reason, um, the escalation of the protests in Hong Kong are continuing. We've actually had some updated stories lately that we'll see if they become big news next week. But the Hong Kong protests, where Hong Kong is both its own sort of territory and a part of China, and China is trying to take away its territorial rights that most of mainland China doesn't have, is showing up right now. What we're seeing right now is democracies fight or democracies fighting for their rights in real time. This is the sort of things we would have noticed if we were living around 1776 and dealing with the American Revolution and all the things going on there. These type of things are happening right here, right now. And because it's a different time, it's a different place, and a different place is happening, Hong Kong's not looking for total independence. They just want to keep the rights they have when they were a Commonwealth of Britain. It's an interesting thing to see. For those of you not watching this or, or think it's not really a big deal, this is a big deal. This is what we as Americas, as, as democracy, as the United States fights for, having people to have, have peoples in other places to have similar rights as we do. And in China, where they don't have the rights, allowing Hong Kong to have the rights they already had. We'll see how this thing progresses. As I said, we've had some updates to how these things have progressed. We'll see if any stories from today or throughout the next week will come up because we've basically had a, a some sort of China protest story for the bulk of the time China has been protesting various things. Let's move ahead to the story we have listed as number six. Uh, this one, not quite as serious, but still pretty serious. The headline is singer Aubrey O'Day accuses male flight attendant of making her take off her shirt. Posted this on Friday, September the 27th. This one gets a bumper response, a massive bumper response from the seven of 24.2%. And this one is a curious story as well. Our source for the story is USA Today. We'll read you a few lines from the story that we have listed here. American Airlines says it is investigating a claim by singer Aubrey O'Day that one of its flight attendants made her turn her shirt inside out in front of the rest of the plane before allowing her to fly. Quote, I've never have flown and had a steward treat me like a punished little child in time out the entire flight, tweeted the Danity Kane singer, who says a flight attendant made her, quote, undress in front of the entire plane because he didn't like my shirt and made me turn inside out in order to fly. She named the attendant and called for his firing. O'Day confirmed with more. I was shocked at it that she had to strip down to her bra in front of the other passengers on the plane. The girl next to me held up her blanket because she felt bad. After the airline responded to her tweet asking for more details, O'Bray responded, I gave you his name. I literally have no interest in dealing with your airline any further. I'm that offended and disturbed. I wish I took at JetBlue. Shout out to JetBlue, of course. It's not clear whether she's still in contact with the airline and participating with its investigation. 
O'Day, 35, was not publicly uh, elaborated as what to, as what to the flight the alleged incident occurred on or what about her shirt was offensive in the flight attendant to the flight attendant. One Twitter user claimed the singer's shirt had nude bodies on it and was extremely vulgar. And another took issue with O'Day's account of events, tweeting, she's lying. There are a bunch of us that were on the plane that can vouch for your amazing crew. So you want to go deeper into that one. There's not much to go deeper in that in that story. And there probably won't be much once they deal with the actual issues. But apparently one singer believes she was a bit overexposed pun intended uh, because the the flight attendant believed that her shirt was somewhat overexposing both puns intended I'm not good at puns but I am good at going to the next number so that's what we're going to do right now moving on to the next story number five story this week uh, this one is another sad one we've lost another great actor someone who was out there performing for us literally making us smile and laugh every single week Superstar actress Linda Porter dies at 86. Co-stars share heartfelt tributes. Posted this on Saturday, September 28th. This gets a bumper response from the sixth story of 2.05%. Quick little bits from the story that we have on this one. We get it from Entertainment Weekly's website. So here's what they have. And we're going to skip a lot of the tributes, of course, because they're tweets and they're all off there. So if you want to see them yourself, go to the website, thisisthecomversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast, week ending October the 4th, October the 5th, should say, 2019. So let's go ahead and get into a bit of the story. So you want to see more of the tributes, you can see them directly by clicking the link for this link inside our link. That's pretty meta right there. Superstore. Scene stealer Linda Porter has died at 86, EU has confirmed. Character actor is best known for her recurring role in NBC's comedy as Myrtle, one of Cloud9's oldest employees who was laid off but continued to appear on the series, most recently in season 4's finale. She could always be counted on to deliver problematic, racist, homophobic, and extremely questionable one-liners in her signature sweet tone, making her one of the most confusing, hilarious, lovable, hated characters. There's no word on yet on whether or not Superstore will address Porter's death on screen. In addition to Superstore, Porter's extensive resume boasted many guest appearance roles on shows like Gilmore Girls, Showtime's Twin Peaks Revival, American Horror Story, The Mindy Project, Two Broke Girls, Children's Hospital, Togetherness, Bunheads, How I Met Your Mother, Disney Channel's show like Phil the Future, and films like The House, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, and Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, as I said, there's plenty of tributes laid out, and most of them are Twitter tributes, so you can see them yourself by clicking on the link inside our website for this week's podcast at thisisaconversation.com. Now, we get on to the story that's listed as number four this week, and this one is a bit of a head-scratcher because it's a Trump story, but it's a Trump story in the vein of confusing Trump logic to basically prop up the president. My commentary stated there. Here's how the headline reads. GOP senator compares Trump's conduct to police officers who beat a suspect. Quote, should it be investigated? Yes, but you can't ignore the alleged bank robbery either. Unquote. Yeah. Monday, September 30th is the day we posted this one. This gives a bumper response of 6.03%. And the source of the story is The Hill. Now, The Hill's actual headline, this was a headline that was pulled in when you, you know, send share the link. Headline is GOP Senator Attack Whistleblower's Credibility. And that's essentially what's been happening along the lines of Donald Trump right now. 
If you happen to been living under a rock or wish, sometimes I wish I were living under a rock, or maybe you're not a person living in the United States or that closely attached to what's going on. What we're having right now is not quite a constitutional crisis, but it's having some issues with the way our government works. We have a president named Donald Trump, who's a untraditional president, didn't work through the way of politics, uh, came through the way of business. And some people think we're kind of shady, who is now in charge and doing relatively shady things to run the government. We have a government that's basically controlled by two parties, Republicans, which Donald Trump is a part of, which his values do not reflect. But because the people voted him in and the people who are Republicans want to stay in power, they're sticking with him. We have Democrats who aren't necessarily better but they are different, and because their job is to oppose whoever the Republican is, they are opposing the president. So there's the basic part of it. Now, on top of that, the president seems to be doing some things that aren't exactly right, and figuring out how to make it right is not on his wheelhouse. So there's a process where you can get rid of a president, which is in two steps. One step is called impeachment, where you say, we don't like him, we should really take him, give him trial. The next step is an actual trial. The House, our House of Representatives, are in charge of impeachment. We have more Democrats in the House than, than the Republicans because they were afraid the people would revolt. They didn't do anything. Now they're pushing for impeachment based off a whistleblower report that's showing a whole lot of things not going right in the public or in the Republic. And for the public, the Republicans are doing their best to make the whistleblower seem like a horrible person, although we know literally nothing about the whistleblower themselves. But the details that they discussed, which oddly enough, President Trump has corroborated as pretty much exactly what he did. So if you're not confused yet, then you haven't been paying attention because it's even more confusing. Basically, the whistleblower is uh, his report on some things that the president said on some phone calls, specifically with the Russian president, new Russian president, uh, didn't quite vote so well. And so the information he put in the report which he didn't hear himself. I say he as a just a generic pronoun, but was given to him by various people who were concerned. This one person decided it was enough to write a report. We're in this boat and we're going to see where it goes. Impeachment will start to be new uh, themes into our stories. And we'll do as many as we can without it being the headline Chiron taking over story. So if you want to talk more impeachment, you want to talk more Trump, or you believe that this story is bunk like this Republican GOP guy said, Email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We can discuss this as much offline as you want to and bring it back online, if you will. The next story is about business, about making money, about being more, more profitable. And it's basically going to make Amazon that much more money and all of us that much less money because we're spending money with them. The headline is Amazon Go coming to airports, movie theaters. Tuesday, October the 1st, the day we posted this one, this gets a bump in response of 13.74% from the four story. The source of the story happens to be from a CNBC, because it's business. Uh, let's read you a few lines from CNBC's write-up on the story. Amazon is in talks to bring the cashier, cashier-less technology that runs ghost stores to other retailers like airport shops and movie theaters, according to people familiar with the matter. The effort would help Amazon grow its retail presence so the company can lower its reliance on online shopping, but at a faster pace and a lower cost than building its own stores. Simultaneously, it might help Amazon form bonds with companies that would ordinarily consider Amazon the competitor. That type of collaboration could lead to further growth of Amazon's cloud business. 
Amazon always has 16 branded Go stores where the customers scan their phones, grab their products off the shelves, and then walk out and receive a receipt for whatever they took with them. Amazon is eager to place the underlying components for that experience inside their company's stores to speed up transactions, three people told CNBC. The company has been in talks to bring Go equipment into OTG's CIBO Express stores at airports and Cineworld's Regal Theaters, one of the people said. Other persons said Amazon is looking at concession stands in baseball stadiums. This uh, this is not the most not the most exciting write up in the world, but it is a very important thought process that's going on as retailers are changing up anything they can do to stay competitive. Oddly enough, with Amazon, who is now teaming up with those retailers to make them competitive by essentially sucking up to Amazon. We'll see how this going goes. I've not seen a ghost store and am a little hesitant for something like this technology, but it's something that apparently I'm not stopping. It's not quite Skynet, not quite Skynet, but it is something that, that is a bit troubling to some people along the way. You want to discuss that with me? It's simple. Email me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We can talk about this one and any story we have here. And of course, links to all the stories we're talking about today. Every single one will be at the website for this week's podcast. The website, this is the conversation.com podcast week ending October the 5th, 2019. Another sad story of another loss of a performer this time with the headline, Jesse Norman, international opera singer, dead at 74. We posted this on Monday, September the 30th, so this one was going for quite some time. And this one was basically hot off the presses, just bam, at the top. It spent two days, as the story featured on our newsletter, Eight Things to Talk About, which you post on Monday through Thursday, which gives you on Monday what we talk about for the big stories for the weekend, and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from the past 32 hours this one spent two days on that listing so it was really big and we knew this was going to be one of our top stories this week and it is the source for this story is ap news we're going to read you some lines from the write-up that they had there jesse norman the renowned international opera star whose passionate soprano voice won her four grammy awards national Medal of arts and the kennedy center honors has died according to family spokesperson gwendolyn quinn she was 74 a statement released to the Associated Press on Monday said Norman died at 7.54 a.m. Eastern Time from septic shock and multi-organ failure secondary to complications of a spinal cord injury she suffered in 2015. She died at Mount Sinai St. Luke's Hospital in New York and was surrounded by loved ones. Here's a quote from the family spokesperson that was read. We are so proud of Jesse's musical achievements and the inspirations she provided the audience around the world that will continue to be a source of joy. We are equally proud of her humanitarian endeavors addressing matters such as hunger, homelessness, youth development, and arts and culture education, the family statement read. Funeral arrangements will be announced in the coming days. You can read more about her trailblazing performances, the things she has done, and the things that she promoted as you go to the link inside of our website for this week's podcast at thisisconversation.com. But right now, we've got some explaining to do, so we need a couple extra minutes to do the explaining. What we have for number one story is what we call a super story. This is a story where we combine two different postings that are essentially the same story, an update to the story 
uh, so that we have less randomish stuff and get get more actual conversational items in the headlines for the week. So the number one story were two stories that were very much going to make the top 10 anyway. It didn't really change them being there. It's just the combination put them in the top spot. They also made them both the top Facebook and Twitter because of the combination of the two. Uh, and the two stories, so to give you two headlines, the headline posted on Friday, September the 27th, was this one. Amber Geiger testifies at Dallas murder trial for Faley shooting neighbor Baltham Jean. Tuesday, October the 1st, we posted Amber Geiger found guilty of murder at trial in fatal shooting of neighbor Botham Jean. The sources for both stories will be listed. Both of them just ironically, coincidentally happened to be from NBC News' website. So those are both there. You can like or love the news coverage from the site, but this is basically straight news. We're going to give you a rundown of basically all that happened and some stuff we didn't actually post uh, for various reasons as we get into this. But as we said, this is a super story. These are two stories combined, which is why Amber Geiger herself is the number one story this week. Oh, we I, f- I forgot the whole stats things when I got wrapped up into the super story bit. As I said, it's a top Facebook and Twitter story. This story got a bumper response from the number two story on Jesse Norman of 29.43%, a jump in response from the number 10 story on DoorDash and its, uh, and its workers and merchants and customers had in the breach of 207%, and story number 204 this week, a number bottom story, the almost relevant story of the week, which we'll get to in the next segment of 19,250%. That's where all the stats are. So uh, otherwise not doing that in the right order. Here's a deal on Amber Geiger for this week. Amber Geiger gave some very stunning testimony, despite what you feel about the actual case and what she did to find herself on trial. She has some very stunning testimony, which is very rare in these cases to put someone on the stand uh, in their defense. They hope that not that it was going to essentially get her found not guilty, but it would lessen some of the blow of the of the actual trial and find a way to get her a lesser sentence that was essentially the plan the play and it sort of worked amber geiger found guilty of murder a few days later after a testimony um and so the next day was sentencing we did not post anything along the lines on sentencing and we did not post anything along the very interesting uh update very interesting wrinkle in the story where mr john's brother while giving the family, we have the chance to give your 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 family statements uh, statements of the accused. Um, asked if he could hug Amber Geiger, and he was allowed to hug Amber Geiger. He gave his forgiveness literally on the stand and hugged her there. Oddly enough, the judge ended up hugging members of the family and hugging Amber Geiger herself, giving Amber one of her Bibles, the Bible she had at work, and she said in the statement, and it's it's amazing saying she had three or four other Bibles around. This is the one she always had at work. So one she, so it was the one she used every day. It had many marks in it. She handed it to her, gave her some things to look up for, and said her job for the next couple of days is to study this as she prepares to go to prison. She's only getting 10 years in her sentence. And I hate to say only getting because it's an unfair way to put it there. But she could have got up to 99 years, essentially a life sentence. She was only given 10 years. She will be up for parole in about five. And so she'll be in her middle 30s by the time she has a chance to get out of jail. We'll see how that plays out when she goes to jail. And we're still there's still an effect of how long she'll actually stay in, uh, whether she'll make parole, whether that, that'll happen. But this whole very odd story brought up a... New wrinkle. There are two wrinkles. One wrinkle was the 
the backlash we've had lately when police officers have shot black people. And I have to say that in a blacky black, black, black way. This is one where there wasn't a lot of the pushback about the person because the situation was pretty standard. The officer walked into someone else's apartment and shot an unarmed person who wasn't doing anything, maybe a bit startled that someone walked into the apartment holding a gun. And the whole incident turned into a, a the biggest question people had was, how come she just take out her flashlight and, and look and see what was going on? Why was this such shoddy police work? What was going through her head? Essentially, this is the argument I've had in a lot of these cases is it's bad police work, number one. And number two, the bad police work is targeted at black people. This one was a weird situation all around. The other one is one that is going through the black community in the honor of forgiveness. And I say honor on purpose because as good Christians, we are supposed to forgive. But even as I have stated, this is a stance that I could not do. I have honestly told people in conversation, there is no way I could have hugged Amber Geiger, forgiven Amber Geiger, or in in any situation, if this was me in that place. And we've listened to various news stories and various interviews with um, the father and the brother and members of the family. And while the mother is still pushing for a stronger punishment, a stronger conviction, uh, the father and the brother and many other folks of the family are pushing for healing, a bigger healing, and wanting to, oddly enough, move on. People in the black community are mostly, I'll say anecdotally, mostly on an outrage for saying, saying, why do black people have to be so forgiving of our oppressors, of the people who are putting us down? Literally, the person who shot the, their family member, and they have to forgive that person for doing them wrong and just let it go. When, if the situation were flipped, there'd be all sort of rage and all sort of hate and all sort of venom coming through. It's an oddity that is a cultural thing that I cannot explain because, as I said, I'm pretty angry and I'm not in this family. So this is one that we could definitely can discuss offline. This is a bigger situation. It comes to um, let, lay before the altar some of my faults and some of my burdens, which which are there. But this is a pretty big discussion that's been picked up in the past couple of days on why black folks seem to be so forgiving or have to be so forgiving in these cases in other cultures don't have to succumb to this. We can talk about that offline, but in the meantime, we've talked about the top 10 stories that you said were the most conversational. You believe Amber Gagger was important. And when I put the two together that you both said was important, you believe that she was the top story this week. If you disagree with that, then it's up to you to go to social media, follow us on social media and make sure you're engaging with more stories like stories you'd like to see or hear at the top of the list. How do you do that? Follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. Also on Instagram as well at This Is A Conversation. But you can't really vote there, but you can see what's going on. What happens as we post the story headlines from the various sources, like them, love them, hate them, share them. Every 50 minutes or so, you'll see a new link to a new story. Sometimes we update stories along the ways if they're important, like, like we did for Amber Geiger. Sometimes we let the story go as far as possible and update you when we get to the end here. And... Every week on Friday mornings, this thing goes from Friday to early Friday, we pull the numbers, put them in a spreadsheet, add them up so we have a raw score. And based on the raw score, plus some tiebreaker things, 
we tell you what stories go from top to bottom. Of course, we told you bottom this week is 204. We'll give you that story in just a moment. Plus, shout outs to people who have showed us extra love on Facebook and Twitter and people who have literally put forth effort towards the efforts on Patreon coming up in just a moment here on the wrap up show with me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. Every week at this section, we talk about sponsors and where we remind you guys that this project, the conversation project is powered by you. So a simple way to help us keep things going is to visit our sponsors by going to the website. This is the conversation.com. Click the link to any of our sponsors and buying, buying through that link. It's an affiliate link. So we'll get a piece of the cut from there. And you can also directly fund us by being a Patreon patron sponsor. We'll talk about those guys in just a bit. The ones who are in there, people, the extra love part in the shout outs and second of folks who go to Patreon. You can do it by going to patreon.com slash this conversation and this is conversation.com slash Patreon. Funny how that works that way. But right now we want to work with our spotlight sponsor this week, and that is Cloud9 Living. And we talk about them often because they do very good work and we get very good responses from people who have used them and have told us that they're glad to have found them through us. And as I say often in the stories I've used about what we use them for, my family, my wife likes really exotic, fun crazy wild things and i like more quiet just kind of chill things and we can find vacations in places where she can do something for a couple hours that's really fun and exciting and then for a couple hours i can chill and we work out very well those ways the biggest coolest most awesome thing about cloud nine living is not the fact they have so many different excursions and so many places but it's buying a gift certificate. So you can buy a gift certificate for anyone you want to. If you can't think of that perfect thing for them, buy them a gift for any sort of activity they want to do. You buy them a gift certificate, they figure out what they want to do, when and where. And the cool part about it is the value never gets lost, never expires. No matter how much you put on a gift certificate and how long you wait to use it, you get the full value of that certificate when you use it. And let's say you book something and then you come back and want to change your mind. You can book for the exact same value from another excursion. You never lose money, never lose dollars, never lose a bit in the exchange. You can change your mind as much as you want to. Cloud9 Living has been doing this for quite some time and know how to take good care of you. So watch them take good care of you. Go to our website. This is conversation.com slash cloud nine. That's numeral nine cloud nine and click the link to get a special extra off your gift certificates. How about that? Gift certificates that never expire and you don't even have to pay full price for them. Check them out. They'll take good care of you for your excursions, for your experience. Trust me, they will take good care of you at cloud nine living. We begin the shout outs at the first of the month, the first podcast of the month with shout outs to our Patreon patrons, people who have paid a little extra money to help keep this thing on the proverbial air, keep the thing going and help pay for the fees and all the time. So thank you very much to these guys who are big supporters of this thing. And I also support all these guys as well in various matters. So I'm glad these are good friends. You can become a good friend or maybe not a friend, but just a person who wants to contribute by going to Patreon and 
deciding to be a patron for a monthly subscription. Other subscription areas we're working on as well, so we'll tell you about those soon as well. But right now, our newest patron is Miss Eva Orsano, who is a world traveler, an amazing woman, and I'm so glad to um, have her helping me this things out because she's a person who definitely knows about having great conversations with great people around the world. Also, patrons is the Rants and Reasons, which is actually now the Context and Clarity podcast, and the world's most dangerous hound, uh, that being Rudy. So Rudy, whose owner is Chuck, and Context and Clarity, whose uh, moderator is Karen. Thank you guys for what you are contributing, helping keep this thing going. It means an awful lot to hear. Now, you can also just give me some love, and I'll give you shout-outs as well. We love money, and it helps things go around here, but showing that you're actually enjoying the content is a great way to keep things going as well. This last week was International Podcasters Day, so there's a lot of extra interaction with some people, so some people uh, doing extra things back and forth. Some podcasters that we support and support me includes, uh, at least their Twitter handles includes, Nazi and Al, also the Fit Golfer Girl, uh, James Jones Jr., Dino, Re- Dino Red, and the Ra- Random Ramblings with Rob. Say that three times fast. And I have so many questions podcasts. Also giving us, oh, in the Black Podcast as well. Always love those guys. Also giving us love just as being just general people just kind of coming in are Leafy Legal along with Audrio. We have people such as Life Downloaded, which I believe is another podcast as well. And um, the Florida Manbot, because we always have Florida Man stories. So Florida Manbot picks those up. Thank you, Florida Manbot. We appreciate everything you do, even if you are just a bot. And also Facebook. If you show us extra love inside the comments of liking, loving, sharing, you pop up in the notifications. I give you love there as well. Some folks that gave us love this week include James Rock, Sherry Pace Robinson, Ruth Ann Miller, always in the house with Ruth Ann Miller. Some other names include David Vine, uh, Jeannie Benham, Big O Sean, uh, Vicky Young, and News Talk KZRG, who's uh, still sharing our posts. We're glad to be a semi-legitimate source of news for people, so thank you so much for that. Now, let's get into the almost relevant story of the week. And the background behind this story is when I got into the groove of doing this whole headline, at the tail end of the show, I was basically just going over random stories that I had a chance to get time into to hit a certain time hack. Time hack is a whole other issue. But along the lines, we started really, really looking at how we were studying, how we were listing things and shifting things out, and found out that usually the story at the very bottom wasn't necessarily a story nobody cared about, but more or less a story that didn't get a lot of time, a lot of love to really push into the limelight. And because it was so early in the next week, also didn't get a lot of love. This week is not the case. This week was just basically a story nobody apparently cared too much for, which I'm sorry to say that because it's really a story. It's got a pretty tragic story to it. So the headline, the almost relevant story of the week, and we, call it that because it's almost relevant this one a bit more relevant than it probably should be school secretary confesses to sending 14 year old boy video of her performing solo sex act pluralist.com is the source for this you may or may not like the pluralist that might be why you didn't get engaged no pun intended for this one but it's the very bottom of the list it was posted by us on wednesday october the 2nd and as i said your context it was less responsive than the number one story by 19,250%. That's a whole lot of non-response. I will read a few lines, literally a few lines from this story, and then ask you to 
go to the website and click the link for this story and read deeper into it because this is a really, really serious one. So I don't want to get deeper into this one, keep things moving. This one is a really serious one that needs your attention. This one is not so irrelevant. This one is downright scary. A school secretary from Florida was arrested Friday for sending sexually explicit videos to a 14-year-old student. Heather Matheson, 25, who works at Checo Middle School, has confessed to sending the clip to the boy, police said. She also acknowledged knowing his age. Matheson has since deleted the snap, her Snapchat account. According to a police report, the boy, who has not been named, saved a copy of the video which shows Matheson engaging in a solo sex act. He then sent it to his mother, who called the cops. The complainant showed me a short video which shows the defendant's face, the arresting officer said. She's wearing a shirt but no pants. Matheson then confessed to sending the video, that's a quote, when confronted before her arrest last Friday, the officer said. Quote, she described the video exactly as I had seen it, and she confessed to sending it over Snapchat to the 14-year-old victim, she added. This story obviously goes much, much deeper. Uh, she's charged with submitting electronic transmission material that is harmful to minors. Um, of her employment as of the writing in this article had not been determined whether she'd be terminated or not. Go deeper into the story, and you can see just how disturbing I am about this, and hopefully you should be too by clicking the link for this week's podcast for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. On the way, we wrap up the entire show by wrapping up the, rounding out the top 15. We round them out to wrap them up. I'll get that right eventually. We'll go through stories 11 through 15, stories that aren't quite in range, and tell you maybe why they weren't quite good enough to be in the top 10. Here on the weekly wrap-up show with me, Jake Cleveland Payne. And literally, as I just said, this is for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. Side Hustle Pro calls itself the first and only podcast to spotlight bold black women entrepreneurs who have scaled their side hustle to profitable business. And that might have been true way back when, but now that pretty much everybody has a podcast, there's plenty of podcasts that deal with side hustles, deal with black women being entrepreneurs, doing all those things. But this one done by Nikella Matthews Okomi, uh, she's been doing this one quite some time, and she has done it by growing her side hustle, this podcast, into a profitable business herself. Starting off as a reporter, a, a producer for NPR, and learned the business just hands-on and turned her side hustle, doing these interviews with other folks on the side, into a business, something that's pretty darn remarkable. If you've never heard of her and don't know her story, check out her podcast where she goes through the whole gambit of it, plus talks to other professional black women doing their thing at Side Hustle Pro. Find it at SideHustlePro.co, C-O, SideHustlePro.co, or just search Side Hustle Pro online anywhere your pods are cast, and she will be there. She's been doing this thing for quite some time. This is another one of those people that I don't know personally, but I feel like from listening to her podcast, I know her. I know what she's been through. It's a lot of the story is similar to what I'm going through in my entrepreneurial journey. And it's good to have someone who, even if you don't personally know them, seem like you have a compatriot in the business. So check out Side Hustle Pro and check out Nikella's great podcast. You don't have to be a lady. You can be a dude and still get great information from this thing. I do every single time I listen to the podcast. And she, being Nikella, and it, the Side Hustle Pro, is our spotlight podcast for this week. 
As we've said many times, and I'm learning to not do so many other repeats, but just make sure you get the gist of it. We have a link to every single story we talk about inside of this podcast at our website, thisisaconversation.com. You'll find it listed under the podcast for this week, podcast week ending October the 5th, 2019, including the story we used in the tease, which is technically number 48 in the list. But as far as anyone's concerned, it doesn't necessarily exist in the reality of the numbers. It is a story about the woman who quit her job to spoil her husband and treat him like she were a 1950s housewife. This is one that got a lot of pop-up shares across the Facebook and a lot of little weird discussions inside of Twitter, but didn't quite rank up high enough to be a big story. Check it out online at the website if you want to get deeper in this and keep the story going. Also, uh, we're going to go through right now the 11 through 15 stories with a little bit of context, where they're posted, where they are, and maybe why they were such important stories to you guys but not quite important enough to get deeper into them. So the number 11 story missed out on the top 10 by 0.08%. It was just that close to being inside of the top 10 based on the stories that we had. And we remember, we also combined two stories, so super stories. So it was even that much closer to being inside of the full rankings. The headline is the religious discrimination bill may breach constitutional constitution can't read today by allowing doctors to refuse treatment the guardian.com is that one and this is one that is not about us us this is a story that is actually about australia so some of the same issues that we have here based on our beliefs and our constitution are being played out in various other places in similar manners and this is something that we're seeing from this point projecting to australia we have a lot of people this is an international discussion type podcast and we oddly enough have a lot of people who respond from australia so we believe this is why this was such a big one that popped up this week one because the headline popped out as religious discrimination which is big here also we have a lot of people who are keeping an eye on this issue in australia new zealand new zealand that area so we believe that's why it was there and so close Number 12 story, Aerosmith cancels Las Vegas, deuces a wild residency gig after Steven Tyler loses voice. All those things are pretty big to a lot of people who are fans of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, and the weirdness of him losing his voice. This was something we pulled from Billboard.com. We posted on Saturday, September the 28th, and we believe the deal on this one was just the fact that it was an interesting story to pop up there. This turned out to be, or we believe it turned out to be, a pretty short thing because it didn't cancel the entire uh thing they just canceled basically two shows to give steven tyler a couple days to rest up in fact the venue the show has been extended was extended like last month because of the demand so there's too much money to be made for this thing so they're gonna have something happening so they basically gave steven two days off i'm not sure about the people who misses missed those two days it's like the understudy thing you want to make sure you get the best performance you can we shall see what turns about in those missing days. But we'll see when Steven Tyler's back to work. Back to work. Get better soon, Steven. We love you doing that squealing thing and throwing your scarves all over the place. Number story, the story, the number story. Story number 13, uh, unlucky rambling 13, posted on Saturday, September 28th as well. Fermented drinks like kombucha and kefir, which I don't know it is, can actually contain as much alcohol as half a beer. So... If you're worried about those types of drinks and thinking, oh, they're cool because they're not alcohol, they may be alcoholic. Why? Fermenting process creates alcohol. 
Duh. Insider.com is the source for this story, and you can click on the link for this one to go deeper into this. And if this is an issue, if you're a big uh, imbiber of the kombucha, then maybe you should worry about that. And if you're not, maybe you shouldn't worry about that. That's all up to you. Story number 14 is another business as usual in these days are another store going under forever 21 forever 21. That is latest retailer to file for bankruptcy. We posted this on Monday, September 30th. So this one's been out there for quite some time and had some time to kind of keep progressing. The source for this is Reuters and it's pretty simple. Forever 21 has been having some issues. We've actually had forever 21 threats of bankruptcy stories in the listings in the podcast for the past couple of months because they haven't been doing so well. Now they officially are filing for bankruptcy to save themselves, and they're going to shut down some stores in the process. We've talked about stores being shut down, definitely. This is the company trying to save itself from the conditions of that they are. Online shopping. Uh, the, the biggest thing is online shopping and just people not going to their locations where Forever 21s live in malls, and the malls themselves are dying and moving on to the final story another very sad end this week we have so many of these stories come up, popping up in 15 at the end of the end of the podcast so we have to discuss them where they are this is a very sad one friday september 27th we posted this so this one lasted quite a bit of time as well had a lot of time to hold on Family sues Best Buy after death of a 75-year-old woman who police say was bludgeoned and set on fire by a man delivering her washing machine. Now, the source of this is Business Insider. And as I've said lately, Business Insider has gotten a whole lot more tabloidish in their stories and a whole lot more verbose and tabloidish in its headlines. And that's probably what drew a lot of people into this one. This had a lot of time to stick around. Check out the link for the full story. This is a simple case as it is. A family believed that the delivery person who killed their mother should not have been hired or contracted by Best Buy to do these things for a helpless old woman, essentially. And this is what happened. We'll see how this plays out over the next couple of months as the trial actually goes to goes through all its things but even though we end the week once again on a heavy heart and a heavy story like this one we do end this week with the stories that you said were most conversational we talked about the top 10 stories the ones you really thought were the most conversational number one this week being all about amber geiger we talked about the story at the very very bottom of the list that's about a school secretary who sent some lewd videos to a kid and knew it was a kid we talked about stories that weren't quite there, rounding out the top 15. And we told you about a woman who quit her job to spoil her husband because she believes in the values of 90s, 1950s housewives. And as you know more about that one, you must go to a website and click on the link for this week's podcast where links to all those stories are there at thisisaconversation.com. This is a story or the podcast with the stories for the week ending October the 5th, 2019. I know I promised less calls to action, so we'll try to do less calls to actions right here. You can email us to talk about as many things you want to inside of this or just in general with the process by going to your email machine and sending us an email via the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We ask you to help keep hope alive and keep the podcast alive by visiting our sponsors, especially our spotlight sponsor this week, which is Cloud9 Living. This is the conversation.com slash cloud numeral nine. Plus, you can just fund us directly via Patreon, patreon.com slash this is conversation or 
thisisconversation.com or slash Patreon, something like that. Uh, we also ask you to help support who we support, and that being other podcasters. Check out SideHustlePro.co and get in your side hustle, get some best knowledge on how some very enterprising black women are doing their thing these, these days. And check out the story of the host. She is phenomenal. Got, trust me, guarantee. And make sure you are doing your part to share and spread the word of the conversation. We need more great people in the conversation, more great conversationalists to chat this thing up. So talk to your friends, talk to some enemies, talk to random strangers about what we have going on here. In fact, grab their phones and subscribe to the podcast for them. They will thank you for it. They always do. Trust me. Find out more about all the other crazy things I have going on at jclevenpain.net. And, of course, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us in the podcast, being with us on social media, at the website, and listening this far. Because some people don't quite get this far in the podcast, and we appreciate that. So let's see how far you make it next week. Next week, we will do it again. We'll give you your top 10 stories of the week that not per me, per you, the stories that you said were the most conversational throughout the land on the weekly wrap-up show brought to you by thisisaconversation.com, part of the Conversation Project. We'll be with you next week. <laughs>